What is up, everybody? I am Charlie Bertwistle. We are back in the virtual studio. Uh, once again, Zach joining us live from Arizona. Zach, how's the weather down there? Hey, not bad. Not bad. It's going pretty great. It's always awesome to get out of Omaha in the wintertime. And, you know, next time I'm just going to recommend about February. We always do the building code yeah. in the desert. Well, just make it a whole thing. Well, speaking of the desert, we are about one week removed now from the greatest week of my life. Um, not something <laughs> normally used to describe IBS, but the International Builder Show uh, IBS was quite honestly, I, I don't know if I'd go greatest, but top three weeks of my life for sure. It was everything I'd ever hoped it was and more. Um, but maybe as a, an IBS vet, Zach, how would you how would you break down this this year's performance? Well, first off, we finally delivered on a trip yes. for one Charlie Burt whistle. Yes. To get him out of the office, to yes. get him out there to see our customers. He was rocking it in the greatest booth of all time. The marketing team deserves the biggest shout out. I heard constantly rave reviews from our customers, from our internal teams, how much time and effort it took. But, you know, customers consistently were telling us, you know, this is this is just dominating. Uh, the rest of the competition. So if you're ever at IBS, I always recommend come and talk with us because we get to talk to you about what's happening with your builder train account and what we're bringing to you guys out in the field. And it's always just so rejuvenating to really talk to everybody and and just really double down on what makes builder train so great, which is our relationships. And you and I see that all the time on the building code. We get to talk to some of the most incredible people and that's no different. So yeah, I'm still kind of riding the the wave of the IBS right. experience in the booth. It's it's really great, and um, we also I had people you know tell me even our building code episode they're like yeah just the energy was different you yeah know? like being on stage and it was a ton of fun. Well, I think uh, yeah, I think it's just good to kind of zoom out from time to time. You and I are you know constantly working and in, in in deep in the details. Um, it's tough to kind of zoom out oftentimes and appreciate everything that Builder Trends done and the industry has done and everything that our customers are doing. And it's cool to see some of the people that we've uh, talked virtually uh, in person, including one of our favorite people and the guest of today's podcast, Zach, who do we have? That's right. Our, our, our very own building code alum, Piper Stromat. And we actually saw her down at IBS and you know actually at the time didn't realize she was going to be on the, the episode or on an episode again so I, I'm super excited I walked in to work this morning to, to shoot the episode I was like oh Piper's going to be on like yeah. here we go yeah. she's a director of interior design at Boutique Living by Curate out at, at Chattanooga Tennessee so here we're here to talk about a really special week in construction which is the women in construction week so we thought no better person than the host of the building blonde herself which is you know, to talk a little bit about her experience of, as being a woman in a the construction industry. Yeah, Piper's fantastic. Um, absolutely perfect guest for for the week, and and seeing her at IBS was definitely a highlight of the trip as well. So, uh, without further ado, let's get Piper in here. Piper, welcome back to the Building Code. We're so excited to have you on today. How are you? I'm great. How are you all? Doing well. Fantastic. Zach yes. is. Zach is not in Omaha, um, so it's been a, a Zach-free day for me, which is always good ones to have. What is that like? Oh, my gosh. 
But yeah, Piper, back on the Building Code. You were on episode 155, uh, which was a great episode. Uh, but for our new listeners that maybe haven't had a chance to hear you before, uh, can you give a little recap um, about yourself, your background, kind of how you got into your your current role? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you again for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. Um, of course, love working with you all. So makes it even better that we get to sit down and chat again. So a little bit about me. I started design, gosh, I joked with you all about on my episode that dirt was in my blood. So I was on job sites before I think I could even walk, basically. Uh, my grandfather, heavy civil construction. So my grandparents got into hospitality at one point in life. And so my my true aspiring moment was when we started installing basically a new hotel up in the Smoky Mountains. And I was like, this is amazing. I love space planning, getting stuff out of boxes, seeing how it, it just vision comes to life. Um, my mom said I always started rearranging my bedroom as a child and started hanging pictures on the wall, which my grandmother still has hung up, which is adorable, hung little draperies on the wall. So I think it started very young, but officially started when I was 16 years old, a freshman in high school, I was able to take a home ec class that was interior design. So I took design one and two, loved every bit of it, um, decided to take it my senior year again, and then declare my major right out of school at UTC and declare my major of interior design. So that's how I kind of got started. There's a lot of along the way, a lot of support um, that were women, actually. So that's something that I hold very dear to my heart. And definitely starting at a young age, I think really helped form my career. Well, and that's why we brought you on today. You obviously host your own your own podcast, The Building Blonde. You're <laughs> a woman in construction. Obviously, the industry is predominantly male. So, you know, we wanted to kind of get your perspective during Women in Construction Week, kind of, you know, what's your experience like um, and talk a little bit more about those mentors who maybe showed you the ropes. Absolutely. So, like I mentioned, I started taking this home ec classes when I was 16 years old and I had a teacher. Her name was Jenny Sharp. Her daughter-in-law was actually in school at UTK, which is UTK Knoxville. Um, I'm born and raised from Knoxville. So she was really one person that really shaped um, having freedom and liberty of design and freedom of knowledge and just really supported me all the way even through college just kind of as my cheerleader um my mom is a huge impact of i think she was always visual she was always redecorating and work with working with designers um, my grandmother was absolutely incredible when it came into this just really stood behind me at all aspects of life when it came into really what do you want to do who's the person that you want to be um, where do you need, how do you need to go forward to be able to take those steps to get there? So, and she's also one of the top 400 business women in the U.S. for civil construction. So construction is in our blood as well as massively run through our family. So I think those were the key leaders in my life that were all women, fortunately. And then I had, um, my partner, Paul, who was a big leader today and giving me a chance is being a woman in construction, very young, ripe age of 22. So those are some of the people that were really just really formed who I am today. That's awesome. I I, I love the, uh, the more and more we talk to you, we've, we've met a few different times now. I feel like every time you have another story of another family member who is just incredible at construction, <laughs> uh, you just kind of keep pulling them out of the hat there. Uh, so that's, that's really cool to hear. And, and I agree the, the posters or, or decorations still hanging on the wall at your grandma's house is one of the the cutest things I've heard. I literally cried. She she goes, 
let me show you what I have. And it was Christmas. I walked upstairs and I literally just went like this and just tears started coming down. I was like, oh my gosh, this was from when I was six. So it's been that long, which is just support is amazing. Well, that was uh, another reason that we were uh, pretty excited to have you on uh, after talking to you the last time is the fact that you have just been around slash in construction for so long. Um, you know, obviously the, the the topic here is women in construction. You've had an opportunity to see kind of a few different phases um, from, you know, learning about it in college to being around it in your parents to, you know, being in the in the industry now. How do you feel that the, um, I guess, the kind of percentage or the number of women joining the industry are, um, is it being, you know, more normalized, breaking down kind of the barriers that some people may have thought were there before? And and I guess, what do you kind of see for the future of, of women in construction? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love this question. And I get this, um, I've had it once before, and I love answering it because being uh, y'all keep on saying you get kind of tidbits every time that we talk and one thing is i'm trying to break down the barrier of designers correlating with each other across all aspects of design and construction because it can be very competitive and it can be um very knockdown drag out sometimes when it comes into projects and taking design and that's something that is very important to me is just very incorporating all of the women in Chattanooga to really work together, to be friends, to keep moving forward and to really bounce ideas off of each other whenever we need help too. So I started a small business building group that basically all women, um, it's called Women in Building Chattanooga. And that's something that I've really tried to encourage and I've tried to break down the barriers. And I think it's becoming even more popular. When I first started, our company has always been primarily women, which is amazing. But I think that since I've started, it has just flourished in so many different ways. You're seeing twice as many women project managers in the field, reps, plumbing, civil, um, electricians. I walked on the job and I was like, heck yeah, I'm super excited to see this. Um, I think it's just really flourishing in a lot of ways because people now think it's not just a mainly dominated world and that you can be respected, you can do big things, and you can walk on a job site and somebody come to you for help rather than you always having to ask for help or not being taken seriously on site. I have fortunately been taken more seriously on site since I've started, so that's not one thing that I've ran into, but I know a lot of women do. Yeah, it's really interesting in my own experience working with builder train customers. I would go, like when I first started, um, I it didn't feel like I talked to that many women about five, six years ago. Uh, and as my career has gone on, almost every business I have gone to or talked to, they almost have a few core um, pieces that run the business that are women. And so it's it's not even just like the, you know, the performance of the labor, but it's also even the back end administration. I've worked with all women-owned construction companies now. Uh, and so you're seeing this, Kind of influx of opportunity on a lot of like awesome pieces of the construction industry not even just like people think building homes but actually like the business operation side absolutely and that's something that i find great value in because primarily women can multitask a little bit easier sometimes <laughs> um, yeah that's i wanted to say like nothing like talking about women in construction with two dudes who probably are black <laughs> white yeah like all the questions sorry that was like initially i was like oh here we go <laughs> the first thing i thought too yeah 
Yes. So that's one thing is we have to juggle a lot of balls in life, no matter what it is, We whether it be kids, family, schedules. We're typically women are a little bit more adaptable to the go with the flow, kind of what needs to happen now. So that's why I think that at least in our company, it works really well for estimating team to be primarily women, our purchasing team, um, back end, a design admin, design, um, of course, must support everything, anybody being in design, anybody being in those positions, but it, it primarily to celebrate women in construction. It does take a lot of those attributes that women do bring to the project. So that's it works well for us. And I'm going to keep on letting it work well as long as we can. Absolutely. And I, I think the, the coolest thing that you've said up to this point is the fact that you uh, you started or you're, you're a part of the the women in Chattanooga um, construction. Uh, what do you call it? Meetup group? Meet yeah, it's a Facebook group. We started it in 2020. Um, schedules are hard. People have kids. After work is never easy. And during the day is mayhem. So we've not been really able to get it together, but we're trying to get um, an all-women build going on one of the sites where it's an all-women team from lending all the way down to closing. Um, it'd just be women to work on the project. So that's one thing that's going to be coming here soon. You are the first ones to really hear about it. Wow. That's, that's going to be doing it with me. Um, so hopefully this group will come in strong for me. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you giving us the exclusive. I think that's the first one we've worked out on the building code breaking. We just got the scoop. Wow. Yeah, we got the scoop. Get bigger and bigger. <laughs> that's not public, but our teams know about it. So we're doing good. That is, uh, that's awesome. I feel like that's the biggest thing, at least from my perspective, that you're doing is just making the awareness of like, hey, this is even a career option, right? It, it's it's crazy how you know, the construction industry is portrayed and a lot of people just don't even consider it as an option. And that's not just, you know, women, but minorities. We've had other people on here talking about just the labor shortage of as a whole. Um, and, and so I think raising the awareness of like, hey, we can we can do hard things. We can we can build a house. We can this is an option and you can succeed, not just yeah, not just be in construction, but thriving and run businesses and, and being kind of that role model for a lot of a lot of other 16 year olds in home at classes of like, oh, this is an actual career, I think, I think is really, really powerful. Yes. And just to bounce off of that just really quick. And I think this is something that um, people going through education right now. When I went through school, residential design and construction was cool. It was OK. It was not pushed. Commercials pushed. And being a true and high end interior designers pushed. They don't talk about the real world. They don't talk about construction sites and getting your feet dirty, getting your feet wet, getting in there, seeing the problems that arise, they usually teach you all the technical skills to sit behind the computer and really pick out colors and present well. And that's one thing I want, like you said, you want people to know this is a career option. Not many people know that. I sure didn't until I just kind of grew from my family to really know that that was an aspect. I want kids that are going through, like you said, high school, I want you to know that the option and anybody can reach out to me at any time if they're younger. Um, my younger cousins actually just came on my podcast and I'll be releasing it next week. And I, I interviewed three 13 year olds in their view and building a house. So that's you know, incredible. That one, it's quite interesting. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, I can only imagine. Well, well, give us a little preview. Like what, what do they say? Oh, it was, it was adorable. So I had them start out. I'm like, what are your questions for me? And they were kind of like, 
what are your, they used all these like lingo terms, which I realized how old I was. And I just, I'm turning 30 this year. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> she was like, what, what is your ick with your husband? And I was like, my ick, I don't even know what that is. So they had to explain some stuff to me, which was quite comical. But um, we went through a lot of what's your favorite design? What's your favorite aspect of design? I, I got to ask them, like, what is yours? What's your first thing that you like to pick out in your bedroom? Or what's your favorite thing to do when you come in and you start thinking about a project? Um, I'm happy to say since then, my little cousin who's 13 is going to be taking online classes for design. And we're going to do like a little course this summer. And so I gave her all my old books. We've got our computer set, uh, set up for the summer and we're going to be doing some design projects. So um, it, it was really comical to say at least 45 minutes of just teenage girls hammering me questions about design. <laughs> Man, I just want to, yeah. Well, the, definitely going to listen for sure. That, that sounds awesome. <laughs> right. By the time that this episode right here comes out, that episode you just mentioned will already be out. So we can link that in the show notes. Everyone can go and listen to it. And uh, yeah, I think I may be, may be tuning in uh, as well. It's something that you just said there about favorite parts about design, not to just like continue to plug podcasts, but the first episode of The Building Code that you were on, uh, we talked a lot about uh, your process and, and the way you you work in your company. And, and I, I think the thing that stood out to me the most from that first interview was like how closely you work with the client to ensure that they're getting their needs and, and making the experience as impactful and powerful as possible. Um, I don't want to just completely copy and paste the the entire first episode, but for the people that didn't get a chance to listen to that, could you talk a little bit about um, your, the ability that you have to work with clients and kind of tailor that experience for them? Absolutely. So my favorite question, and I don't know if I even said this during the first episode, I may have, but my first question whenever we're starting off with a floor plan, are you right-handed or left-handed? Because that is going to literally control the entire space when it comes to electrical, to doorways, to space planning in general. Um, I really like to know how they live. I sat, out, sat down with a couple recently and I was just, first question, what's your life like? Where do you work? What do you do? What are your kids like? How old are they? What are your pets like? Are you right-handed or are you left-handed? Um, what light levels do you like? Because all of this really starts to be drivers when it comes into creating that perfect home for somebody because people like different things you all may like two separate things whether it's the actual design of the house or the function of the house i personally like my master bedroom to be like a cave and so some people want it the lightest and brightest thing some people want it nice and cozy and warm and fuzzy. Um, so that's some things that i really get to really dig down deep into with people um, and then I also take into consideration your height. Are you going to grow in the house? Are you going to grow a family in the house? Are you going to age in place? So there's a lot of guided questions that I personally like to delve into basically on a much deeper level than I think a lot of designers go or a lot of builders go. It's kind of just, well, what do you want? That's, a lot of people don't really know what they want until you specifically ask them what their needs, what their wants, what their likes are. So I hope that kind of answers it. That's incredible. I would have never even like, again, total, total guy over here. Like, you know, does it look good? I don't know. In our <laughs> definitely is underrated. Uh, so, you know, I'm interested. You're, you're, a, you're a director 
of interior design, your partner at Boutique Living by Curate, you were probably involved in the business strategy side and kind of the planning. I mean, do you guys actively look for women and find ways to bring women into your business? I mean, talk to me about that process. Yes, we naturally, I think, um, <laughs> attract women, yep. which is amazing. My ladies that work with us, the talent is absolutely incredible. I, I, I've, I'm at loss for words sometimes. I'm like, how in the heck did I end up with all of this amazing talent that we have that we attracted? Um, of course, the project management side is very heavily dominant in male still. I love that aspect because a lot of women aren't great with controversy in the field or going up to a male figure and saying, I need you to do this. So I think naturally it comes to us just because we portray that we support women, that we really love them in the industry. We support everybody. But I think it that's definitely one key is just that we constantly hype up everybody in our business to where we attract people who want to be a part of our business, not only for what we create, not because of the locations that we build or the price points we build. It's mainly because of the people that we decide to involve ourselves with. So I, I think that that, I mean, that's incredible. Um, you know, having the ability to attract a diverse, you know, workforce and, and fit people in, in areas where they are, can succeed, I think is great for, and I don't want to like, you know, toss an umbrella across the entire industry, but maybe if somebody is, listening to this episode or, or there are people that are curious of like, Hey, we don't have any women at our company and all male. How do I go out and, you know, promote, you know, maybe that's not an environment that's as attractive and women are actively going out and, you know, trying to apply for it. How do they kind of break into, you know, hiring a more diverse workforce and, and what are some things that you'd kind of recommend for someone wanting to, you know, potentially, uh, better their business in that way? Oh my gosh. What a great question. And I love that. Um, there's quite a few builders that I've seen that are like, ah, we can do it better. We're <laughs> even doing this for 30 years and we don't need anybody's help. And it's like the moment that you do help them like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, can you do this other thing for me and this other thing and this other thing? So I'm going to tell a story really quick. I'll make it brief. But when my partner, Paul, who owns Green Tech and he's majority owner of Curate, when he first started hiring more and more women on the project management side and the different aspects of the company, he doesn't look at what construction knowledge they have. It's all about the assessments that we do. It's called a DISC assessment. It's what are your personality traits, what are your traits as an individual, and what can you bring to the team as a whole? So Laura Brown, who's one of my favorite human beings on this planet. She is one of our best project managers. She's director of field operations. She can control any situation, any project like the back of her hand. And she started in banking. We call her Sushi Lara because she was in banking. My partner, Paul, named her Sushi Lara because he would go to the bank and beg her to come work for him because he's like, you are headstrong. You can do this job. You can do this. You can manage all these things. And your attention to detail is incredible. Would you want to come work for us? So they went out to sushi and he put her in a phone of sushi, Laura, and they <laughs> decided to come work for us. And I remember to a T, she walked into the office and she said, Paul, what's a footer? <laughs> and I remember just looking and I was like, what? Like, Wait a second. Hold on. Is this going to work? And I'm telling you, she's the most incredible human being 
that I know. She just beat breast cancer's butt to a T, worked all the way through. And I don't know if you can cuss on this, but I was about to say the A word. Um, (laughs) But she literally couldn't do a better job while battling breast cancer at the same time. And I can't brag on her enough. She's brought um, her best friend, Cindy, who is in banking too. She is our CFO and she brought her to the team. She's brought numerous other trades to the team, which are incredible. So I can't thank her enough. And then Kim Cobb, who is on our sister company, Green Tech, she's been in the industry for over um, 30 years and she leads about 18 project managers and is impeccable as well. So I think no matter what you do, you can always have a background in it if you have the opportunity and you have the drive to learn and the drive to succeed in something. So I think that that's my take on it at least. That's awesome. I love, I love talking to builders about their hiring strategy. It comes up a lot when we're interviewing people. Yeah. You said it perfectly, which is like construction takes a a lot of a variety of skills to do well, you know, and if you are, if you, even if you have been doing something the same way, 30 years, you can always improve and find new ways to kind of always grow as a business. And you have all these other people outside of construction coming in, like women who are bringing these new sets of skills uh, and perspectives and experience and background. And um, it's, you know, it's funny, I'm actually at my mom's house uh, right now, who is in banking. And, you know, so your story really resonates with me. She's very similar, like, banking is also not really a female uh, uh heavy industry and she's done really well with a lot of those same kind of like almost a chip on her sh- shoulder like i'm gonna i'm gonna prove these guys wrong right and, you know it serves them so well and i think we'll continue to see that happen in, in the construction industry as, as more and more people kind of continue to to see the opportunities there absolutely and just to bounce back on um if there's gentlemen that are don't have women in the industry and they're trying to gain some females in the office. I think starting out with um, somebody younger that's kind of multiple that is willing to learn their process because that's not something that is easy for a woman to come into is creating a process for somebody. It doesn't usually work that way if they've been in building for 30 plus years and this is the way that their dad did it, their brother's done it, and they do it. I think the best thing is if you're wanting to delve into that, I think you should definitely start at somewhere that's small and really start to think about how you could help those individuals, but really learn from them and then take what you could bring to the table to help them not control the situation or dominate the situation. It's probably not going to go so well if you, if somebody does that. Yeah. I, I, I love that advice. And I, I think that the, the thing that sticks out to me and we we kind of keep hearing it on on episodes is just everyone's background is so different um and i don't construction is just a cool such a cool industry and such a cool space where you can be a banker or you can be um you know we have people that got their mbas we just talked to someone who was in the air force and there's just so many different backgrounds that make the the industry and the community such a cool space to be uh, a part of at least kind of on the the edge like zach and i are we, we we just get to talk to cool people all the time so yeah that's that's fantastic and 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 huge shout out laura for sure well piper Absolutely. we're coming up on our our time unfortunately i always tell people at the end of the episode you're always welcome to come back 
And I'm saying it publicly on the recording just to force our our team to actually commit to it. You know, they can't edit this part out. Won't let them. Before we let you go, we just want a $1,000 question. Why should other women consider careers in construction? It will give you so much in return that you will never even be able to even fathom. I look back to where I started when I was 22 and I it literally brings tears to my eyes of how much support, how much I've grown individually, how much I've grown as a designer, how much I've grown in my knowledge of just basic construction. And I'm still learning just extreme amounts every single day. And so I think that's reason enough right there. And to change lives, change communities, change your cityscape, change the areas around you and to really just do good, I think is a way to do it. So that'd be my take as well on it. Love it. Well, we certainly, you know, can't speak for it. So thank you so much for coming on for us today. We were your friend of building code. Please, please, please come back. And you're an Absolutely. inspiration to, to women everywhere. Uh, it's just, and it's an honor to get to speak with you. So thank you. Thank you all again. And I will always come on whenever anybody reaches out. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Piper. Thanks. Have a great night. We just had Piper on the building code. Always a pleasure. It's hard not to feel just completely inadequate talking to someone <laughs> as accomplished and incredible of a woman as she is. Charlie, how are you feeling? Yeah, I, Piper is one that I can almost guarantee that we are going to have back on the podcast because, I mean, her first episode was so great and I just thought going into this one is like, oh, we're going to talk about a lot of the same things again. But like every story that she told, every anecdote that she had, every piece of advice she gave was completely different than the first time. So I think that we just are going to have to keep having her on here until maybe never, but she inevitably runs out of fantastic content to give us. Well, let's be honest. She'll probably replace one of us. Yeah, and, true. You know, take her as a, a true industry veteran. Well, Not making any recommendations, but I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't even blink. I'd be like, yeah, no, that I'd, makes sense. I'd give up my seat immediately and bend the knee. So the, uh, the knee. <laughs> well, sorry, I'm really into Game of Thrones right now. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, the, the episode was great um, having Piper on. I feel like every time we talk to her, we, we learn something a little bit more about not just the industry and, and, and women in construction and design and like the, the comment she made about the first question she asked is your writer left-handed little things like that, but also, you know, things about her and her personal life and growing up and how she got into it. Um, just overall a fantastic interview. Absolutely. Yeah. You just never know where these conversations are going to go. And it's just so great to always continue to kind of really get into those details. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to The Building Code. As always, we're, we're here for you. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. Check us out where all podcasts are available. If you want to see the virtual series, see what it looks like in Arizona, it's an office in my mom's house. So it's pretty <laughs> exciting. So always, always never know where we're going to be. And Thank you for listening to The Building Code. Absolutely. And, and the last thing real quick before we sign off, I feel like I dropped a ton of show notes references here. So definitely go out to billertrend.com backslash podcast um, and check those out as well. See you next time. I'm Charlie Bertwistle. And I'm Zach Matovich. Thanks for watching the video. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content brought to you by Builder Trend.